health care policy in our state. What are North Carolina's top priorities? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about health care policy issues in North Carolina. And Dr. Forrest, uh, we have some special guests on the show today. Could you introduce those for us? Thanks, Mike. Today we are honored to have Peg O'Connell. She is chair of the Care for Carolina Coalition, and also Becky Gray, the executive director of the John Locke Foundation. They are here today to help us shed some light on some of the most pressing issues for health care as it relates to legislation and policy in North Carolina. Peg and Becky, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. I know that both of you are passionate advocates on policy issues in North Carolina, maybe sometimes with differing points of view, but we welcome that here on the show. We appreciate both of your dedicated careers of service to the citizens of North Carolina. That's lovely, Brian. Thank you very much. I really appreciate being here. I do too as well. And, you know, with my good friend Peg, and as you mentioned, you know, we don't always agree on everything, but we agree on enough. That's right. It's a pleasure to be here. We try to agree to be agreeable. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We need more of that in politics, don't we? we Amen. We We do. So to start off today, I'd like each of you to give me a quick list of the top three healthcare policy issues that, in your opinion, are facing North Carolina. And I think it's very appropriate because, you know, we have the, the General Assembly uh, getting ready to be all geared up in session. And I think a lot of these are going to be uh, important in the coming days. So I'll start with uh, Peg and uh, let you uh, give us a crack at your top three policy issues for North Carolina. Well, thank you, Brian. So I think, in actually, in order of importance, too, uh, the first job number one is closing the coverage gap. Um, the coverage, health insurance coverage gap in North Carolina is people who don't qualify for Medicaid because they're not aged, blind, disabled, or pregnant, or a child, um, and they actually make too much money to qualify, or too little money, excuse me, to qualify for a subsidy on the health insurance marketplace. Um, so they're they're largely an uninsured population. These are our veterans, our farmers, the working people, sometimes working a couple of jobs, small business owners. I think the second issue is our rural hospitals and keeping them open, and that's actually related to the first. We have 40% of our rural hospitals in North Carolina that are actually operating in the red right now, and largely that's driven by the number of uninsured people who present at the emergency room. And then the third thing is uh, money for tobacco use prevention focused on youth. Uh, We've had an almost 900% increase in the number of kids using e-cigarettes. Okay. And I know some of my patients uh, in my practice have been uh, affected by that coverage gap. It's exactly as you say. They, if they don't get fully subsidized for the ACA, they can't afford the premiums. And then often the deductibles also with those plans are high. And so for some of those people, they can't afford services. So I've exactly uh, definitely right. seen people affected by that. And Becky, what do you think? Do you, would you say you would prioritize those same three areas? Or what would you say are the three most pressing issues for the citizens of North Carolina? Well, Brian, I think that Peg has brought up you know, some key issues as we look at health care. And you mentioned what the General Assembly is doing and their attention to it. You know, we are in the middle of budget negotiations and will be for the next several months. So, you know, in addition to all of the, the concern about health care, and which is one of the number one things that voters and people and polls tell us across North Carolina, this is something that more and more citizens across North Carolina are concerned about, and the budget reflects that. There's a larger and larger amount of money, portion of the, of the state budget that is allocated towards meeting some of these needs. Uh, Peg mentioned the rural hospitals. 
And I think that that is clearly part of it. What we're really talking about there, in my view, is access to health care and making sure that that is available across the state no matter where you live. That's one of the big challenges. Peg also mentioned closing the coverage gap, and I would make the connection there on the cost of health care. One of the problems where we're having with people not being able to afford their health insurance is because of the rising cost of health care. And so looking at the cost has to be part of this equation. And then the third, and probably in my view, you know, at least as important of the other two, is the quality of care that people have access to that they can afford. And there's lots of ways of doing that, of providing that, of opening up those opportunities, whether that's through allowing nurse practitioners to do things that is in the full scope of what they do, um, you know, encouraging medical providers to provide that care in more remote areas of the state, while also making sure that doctors aren't so busy in our urban areas that they don't have time to devote to their patients as they're seeing them. So clearly some challenges, just in short, I would list cost, access, and quality of care. Okay, well, not to throw you guys a curveball, but you brought up an issue that uh, I hadn't planned on talking about today, but I think it's important, so I'll, I'll put it to both of you, and that's this whole concept of price transparency. So what do you think about, you, you mentioned, you know, things being unaffordable for access to care for many patients. What do you feel about uh, price transparency, both at the, you know, physician office level and also at the hospital level for being able to let patients know, you know, what their out-of-pocket costs might actually be for something? Well, you know, I mean, uh, transparency in healthcare is very important, and price transparency is something that we have never really been able to get our hands around. Nobody can truly figure out exactly what it costs for them to buy health insurance, mm-hmm. and more important, or not health insurance, but health care, and more importantly, to buy health. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if as we have been able to measure outcomes and use these large numbers and data has driven a lot of a lot more information that's beneficial and I think eventually we'll get to a price transparency. I agree 100% with Peg. I mean I think that has to be part of this formula if we're going to unravel this very complex healthcare system that we have. You know, how do you buy something if you have no idea what the price is? And, you know, Peg mentioned data and impacts on real families. And what we're hearing more and more is the cost of healthcare when somebody has a loved one or a family member that has a serious illness in the hospital, or even just some, you know, diagnostic tests that may be done, to be surprised at what that billing is. You know, if you know, you can plan ahead, you can budget, you can figure it out. But, you know, more and more we're hearing that, you know, one of the reasons why people are going into bankruptcy, why they're losing their homes, why they're having these, um, you know, just devastating financial situations is due to the cost of health care. Mm-hmm. But it's also with sort of routine things. If someone's scheduled mm-hmm. for a colonoscopy and they didn't really plan for, thought their insurance was going to cover it, and then all of a sudden they start getting the bills. Right. So I think the price transparency, just as consumers, is something that we clearly need to move towards. Yes. Well, you you both mentioned sort of coverage, and let's start with where we stand with Medicaid in North Carolina. You know, our state did not participate in the Medicaid expansion following the ACA, but recently has moved towards Medicaid managed care. What do you see as the direction our legislators should take us with Medicaid? Should we further privatize and capitate it, or should we be expanding coverage to include more North Carolinians with some kind of basic uh, Medicaid for all kind of picture? 
Becky, I'll start with you. What is your take on that? Well, Brian, that's really a good question, and it is a it, it is a question that has real cost and a lot of money attached to it. You know, the price tag that we're looking at, and, and most experts will say this is a very conservative, perhaps underestimated cost of a full Medicaid expansion program, as the governor has proposed, would cost about $650 million over the next two years and then in excess of $300 million. So just because of the cost alone, I think that this is something that we need to approach very thoughtfully. Um, as far as Medicaid expansion, well, Brian, you mentioned the managed care model mm-hmm. to Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is new in North Carolina. It's not new in the country. Other states have done this, but it's something that we have moved towards, and I think in a real positive way, with the waivers and putting all this stuff in place, this takes time, and we're still working through that. We're on our way, and I think from everything we do, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and others in charge are doing things really well, but we're not quite there, and there's some bumps in the road, some things that have come up with the state audit report and some other things that might indicate, ah, we just need to be careful until we get this in place. So I think that's one warning sign. And then finally, I'll say with Medicaid expansion, I think that we're I recognize the need for people to have health insurance, but I think where we need to be focused on, the question we need to be asking is, why can't people afford health insurance, and what can we do to make health insurance more affordable so folks can have options and choose what suits them best rather than just expanding the Medicaid program that we have in North Carolina? And Peg, what do you think about uh, Medicaid expansion? Do you think that's more the direction we should go? Or do you think the Medicaid managed care and the capitation we seem to be moving towards is the right direction? Well, you know, actually, I think they come together. So one of the reasons that North Carolina did not expand Medicaid was that our legislature said our Medicaid system is broken and we have to get it fixed before we can possibly consider putting more people into it. And so over the past several years, they have worked at transforming Medicaid. And we are at the end of that Medicaid transformation period, and that will soon be implemented. And over the last five years, the Medicaid program, if state programs can run in the black has been in the black it's been well managed i mean every large program has issues but it's been well managed it's on a very good trend line i think what the the best thing we can do right now is to pass house bill 655 and that would go a long way toward helping the 400,000 people who can't afford health insurance in the private marketplace to get some kind of affordable option these are working people who are working a lot of hours who just don't either get health insurance or can't afford it. And this would be real. House Bill 655 would be real health insurance, not these bare bones plans with million dollar deductibles and stuff like that. Um, and I think we've that if we don't do something, we've got the kind of issues that we're seeing now. So you have huge amounts of uncompensated care in our emergency rooms. People can't afford to go to the doctor. They end up in the emergency room. Brian, you're a hypertension control specialist. You know if people don't see you or one of your colleagues have their blood pressure under control, they are on a straight path to having a stroke. That's going to be a stroke, and that's a lot more expensive exactly. proposition. Strokes in North Carolina cost about a million dollars per episode. I know. And then it's a cost to Medicaid because mm-hmm. people end up in a nursing home. Uh, the other thing is um, premiums in the private marketplace in states that have not closed the coverage gap are 7% higher than they are in states that have. 
Okay. Uh, one thing you mentioned I want to take off on is uh, you said that Medicaid had been well managed in North Carolina. And I, th- I think you're right about that. I think we've been very blessed to have CCNC, Community Care in North Carolina, over the last few years helping uh, to make, you know, North Carolina's Medicaid, you know, stay as financially, uh, you know, in a good shape as it has been. Uh, but, you know, now the situation is things have changed some, so now we have to look for sort of other solutions and, and additive solutions to that. All right, Dr. Forrest, it's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week. Access Healthcare Radio is not a political show, but sometimes politics can affect your health care. So make sure you are an informed voter, know who your state representatives are, and let them know how you feel about health care issues that are important to you. A simple call, letter, or even email can go a long way to making sure you have a voice in how legislation impacts the health of all of us in North Carolina. You can easily look up who represents you at www.nclg.gov gov forward slash rnr forward slash representation Uh, i know that's hard to catch on the radio so that link will be on our website at accesshealthradio.com for today's show after the show all right thanks dr forrest we are joined today by peg o'connell the chair of care for carolina coalition and becky gray the executive director of the john locke foundation right after the break dr forrest will be talking with our very knowledgeable guests about their views on the most pressing health care issues in north carolina also our access health trivia of the week coming up welcome back to access health radio find out more about our program at accesshealthradio.com. I'm Mike Davis, and I am with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, and we have special guests today, Peg O'Connell, the chair of Care for Carolina Coalition, and Becky Gray, the executive director of the John Locke Foundation, as we talk about health care policy in North Carolina. So, yeah, so uh, we talked a little bit before the break about, you know, what we thought some of the big issues were. So I'm going to ask you guys each to uh, sort of give us the what you would advise for 2019 and 2020, some of the things that you think are the most important. So, Peg, what do you think legislatively needs to happen specifically regarding health care policy in North Carolina in the next year? Well, Brian, I with the fear of repeating myself, I think the number one thing we need to do and can do is pass House Bill 655. It's a bipartisan solution to try to close the coverage gap in North Carolina. And we need to do it this session. People are dying because they can't afford health care, because they can't afford health insurance. This And this 655 is a unique solution for North Carolina. Um, it, it focuses on wellness, which I know you would love, Brian. It also requires that people pay premiums as they can afford them, and also that they're be, they be working or in school or that they be a veteran so that we're not talking about people who want a handout. We're talking about people who want a hand up our neighbors, our farmers, our fishermen, our working people and small business owners, volunteer firefighters. These are the people that are in the gap. Um, And we also know that if we have better health in our employees, they're more productive, which makes for a better economy for North Carolina, and will also make for more um, secure and sustainable rural hospitals and rural health care, which I know is very important to Becky. 
Okay, and could you just for our listeners give them a contact uh, information or a website where they could find out more information about you and this cause? Sure, we'd love to have people come to www.care4, that's the number 4, carolina.com, uh, and we'd love to have them become part of our coalition. And we'll put links to that on our website landing page as well. And, Becky, same question to you. What what do you think legislatively would point the health care of North Carolina in the right direction if you could go singly, the, the single most important thing we have to work on in 2019 and 2020? Well, I think it's to change the direction of the way that we are approaching this question that I think we all agree is the concern and the problem that we're trying to solve. And that's how can people get control of their health care and how can people have access to health care at a reasonable price with the quality of care. Rather than looking at an expansion of Medicaid, I would suggest that we really need to go the other direction, and that's to put health care decisions in the hands of patients and individuals and do things like repeal North Carolina's certificate of need laws, encourage the use of telemedicine and telehealth to allow mid-level providers particularly to offer the services that they've been trained to do and to provide, particularly in the rural areas, um, to introduce dental therapy as a way to extend dental care cost, encourage direct primary care practices to continue to grow and flourish, um, expand small business health plans so that people have more options as far as their health insurance. There's all kinds of things that we can do that take our direction of solving these problems more into putting it in the hands of patients and individuals rather than depending on more government control of health care. All right. Thank you. And thank you, Peg O'Connell of the Care for Carolina Coalition and Becky Gray from the John Locke Foundation. They'll be back with us in just a moment. But after the break, we're going to summarize our key information from today's show with Dr. Brian Forrest. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest and our special guest today, Dr. Forrest. want to take just a moment to acknowledge the companies that support our program. We'd like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies, many times even lower than your insurance copay. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com, and we'll have a link to that on our website. So, Dr. Forrest, what are the keys that you want folks to remember from today's show? We talk a lot on the show about different medical issues, but this week our special guest pointed out that healthcare is not just about hospitals and nurses, not just about doctors and patients. Instead, access to healthcare and our ability to afford to pay for it also greatly influence our health. And healthcare policy and laws have a major impact on the quality and cost of healthcare. However, healthcare policy also does affect our freedoms, both as healthcare consumers and healthcare providers, and our autonomy about how and where we receive care. Again, special thanks to both of our guests, uh, Peg O'Connell from the Care for Carolina Foundation and also Becky Gray, the Senior Vice President at the John Locke Foundation. I appreciate you guys being on today. Brian, thanks a lot for having us. This has been great. It's just been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you would like to find out more information about Access Health Radio, you can visit accesshealthradio.com. For more information about his medical practice in Apex, go to acchealth.com. 
That concludes our show for this week, and hopefully you will be able to use this information to be more informed. Our scripture today comes from Matthew twenty-two twenty-one: Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And also from Romans 13, 1, Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. Thanks for listening to Access Health Radio Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.